0: Hi everyone, I'm Carla and that's Lauren. Hi! And this is. Tri- oh, I'm gonna start again. Sorry. I'm gonna start the beginning. <laughs> no, 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 it's me, it's me, it's me. Alright. Hi everyone, welcome back. This is Chirping with ABA Owl, Season 2, Episode 8. I'm Carla and that's Lauren. Hi! Hiya. So, quick disclaimer before we start. These are our thoughts and experiences. We are not claiming to know everything. We are only speaking from our empirical practice, and we do love sharing things with you guys. Um, Anything to discuss from the previous podcast? I don't think so. I can't think of anything. Well, we did forget. (laughs) We did forget last month was our two-year anniversary. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well done, us. We always forget it was the same thing last year. It's like, oh, it was one year when we, we should put a reminder on so...
1: the phone. That's how I remember
0: things. Oh, uh, uh, do we have to? Okay, I'll make notes. <laughs> More <a> note. reminders. <laughs> and also, that thing that I showed you this morning that we have over 400 followers on Instagram. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Not It's not from the last podcast, but I just thought it was, what? I know. It was it's actually ex- quite a few, and something. Yeah, it's quite a few actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you run your account. You know the number. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I do that bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's never me. You're talking to. It's always Lauren. Cause I. It's even when there's a notification. I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna touch that in case Lauren wants to reply. <laughs> <laughs> like, nope, not my bit. Bye bye. Um. Well, anyway, so. Please feel free to communicate any topics you'd be interested in or questions you might have for us. You can email us on aba.owls.uk at gmail.com or you can contact us through our website www.abaowls.com. On Instagram, we are at aba underscore owls or on Facebook at abaowls. Sure. Yeah, well done getting sure. through that. So that's very South African to say, short, sure,
1: But yeah, you'll get used yeah. to it. Um, okay, so our topic for today, guys, is guess what I'm thinking. So we, we, we <laughs> will be talking about overt and covert behaviors. So what behaviors we see and what behaviors are happening internally. Why we chose this topic? I think Carla and I always are asked various things about behaviors we can't see and, um, oh, yeah. you know, and it, it's a tricky one to sometimes explain. So we thought we'd talk about it in the podcast because we often <laughs> feel passionate about things we can't answer. Um, well, we can answer, but it's just quite long-winded. And um, we thought we'd give this an, um, a little bit of airtime on our podcast to discuss things. So yeah, so Carla's going to go through, we're going to do our normal what, um, where and when, how and why. Carla's going to start us
0: off with What? So, what are overt and covert behaviours? Thanks, Carla. Thank you. So, as always, we open up with some definitions. So, overt behaviour, which we can also call actions, is behaviour that can be observed by someone other than the person performing it. Covert (gasps) behaviour, or a private event, is described as behaviour that can be observed only by the person performing it. And these definitions are from the book, First Course in Applied Behavior Analysis, which we covered on our fifth episode of the Hood Chronicles, so have a listen, if you haven't. Uh, Skinner did consider thoughts to be important, but as he couldn't measure them, it was harder to use it in a scientific manner. And, you know, there have been many people misinterpreting Skinner's view on feelings, thoughts and psychology. And here's part of an article that combines Skinner's view with the criticism he received. So I'm going to start the quote now. Skinner, 1956, himself opposed attempts to restrict scientific praise with preconceived rules or maxims. When placed in historical context, Skinner did not criticize neuroscience. He criticized the misuse of pseudo-psychological theories in the explanation of behavior. In addition... Skinner assumed that many questions about behavior, from the mechanism of reinforcement and motivation to perpetual processes and private events, would be at least in part explained by neuroscience, and that's from Zilio, uh, 2013a. So we'll add the links for this article in our podcast blurb and on the Blog post for the website, so you know lots of people say, "Oh, but Skinner didn't care about thoughts, and he criticized psychology." It's like, well, not really. I don't know what you've been taught, but that's not really true.
1: Yeah, I, um, I remember distinctly learning that he was very much pro everything is behavior, so thoughts were behavior. I remember, I remember learning that when I wasn't doing my masters. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and then which masters? The ABA masters or the other masters? Yeah, the ABA one. Yeah, I remember distinctly learning. Really? About that. Yeah, I don't know why, but I have a very is, clear memory it, of that. But it also might have been some additional reading I was doing about Skinner because I was quite interested in his way
0: of thinking. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, the man wanted to write an um, fiction work, and he was just not very successful before he became a behavior person. Yeah, fortunately he is, fast enough. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. So and in the ABA war in the ABA world we work with what we can see. So the action an individual performs. But that doesn't mean we should ignore what a person might be thinking and feeling. And the thing is with thoughts and feelings, we do enter a, a dicey or a tricky area sometimes. Um there is quite a lot of debate on what is considered behavior or not. So for example, not all behavior analysts take into account the importance of private events, like what Lauren just said. She learned in the Masters that you know uh, Skinner only cared about behavior, which is not true. Um, and the same and the same thing go for psych- can go for psychologists who don't consider thoughts to be behavior. They call it some. Thing else, I'm not sure, but so I'm not gonna say it because I'm not sure what it is. Um, yeah. but oh, we, I'm learning. I'm gonna, I'm gonna study it. I just haven't had the chance yet. But I do have a big book on psychology, because I do like understanding yeah, where they're coming I
1: from. Yeah, I did. I did an undergrad. My, I did an undergrad and an honors degree in psychology. Um, so um. I don't really remember, but I think that they're more mental, mental. What is it called? Mentalistic in their approach, mm. but that also could just be a form of psychology. Because it's quite global, you know. There's a lot of because there's a there's a lot
0: of div- there's a lot of different yeah, there's a lot yeah, of
1: specialization yeah. and um, yeah, 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 in terms of that. So you know, you have your cognitive behavior therapist and that kind of stuff. So there's there's all different areas. So, yeah, Psychoanalysis
0: not, and stuff. Yes, yeah.
1: I'm not gonna be too gun ho there. I think I don't really remember. No. I remember, but I did learn about ABA. In my, I think psych three. No, my they do of psychology. Te- yeah.
0: They do, they do teach it when you do psychology. They do do, do um, do. Yeah, it <laughs> They really? run like they do go through yes. behavior, but not in depth because that's not the point of the because psychology, I remember because they have to teach a lot. Exactly, but I remember
1: Skinner and I remember ABA. Mm. I don't know why, but it really stuck with me, and a lot of stuff didn't. So when I Learned about it later, I was like, oh, this rings a bell. So actually, they, you know, but maybe it was also just my psychology course, you know,
0: because also they differ. Maybe. Well, and so, and all this to say, we're not going to start the whole argument over the terminology with psychologists because there's really no point in a whole discussion. Mm. Um, bottom line is, we all perform actions, that's undeniable, and we all have thoughts and feelings, also a fact. So, since covert, well, maybe, I don't know, feelings, psychopaths, that's a different area, I don't know, but (laughs) as a rule, as a rule, you know. Yeah. Okay. So, since covert behavior can't be seen, there is a tendency for it not to be considered as important in ABA, but there are a lot of professionals changing this approach, um, because just because a person doesn't convey their feelings doesn't mean they don't have them, and this can be especially hard for autistic people. And if you had, if you add in an inability to speak or uh, the inability to express yourself well into the mix you can potentially have a recipe for challenging behavior. And even with neurotypical kids, like one of my friend's kids was going through something, bless him. He's neurotypical. And instead of expressing what he's feeling, he's just acting out and stuff. And it's not, you know, and he's a neurotypical child who can speak and say how he feels. So it's not just for autistic people. Mm -hmm. This happens to everyone, isn't it? Absolutely. And I remember, yeah. And I remember when I was deciding what to do for my thesis and I briefly considered the topic of how covert behavior influenced overt behavior and I remember asking Laura another person we were on holidays actually um and it was I remember it was morning we're going somewhere and when and I asked you know when I react so negatively negatively so to being told to do yoga why do you think that is and Lauren, do you remember what you said? I can't remember what you said, to be honest. Because I don't think think, maybe because your answer was more reasonable. um, but 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 yeah, but I remember that the other person said, Oh, probably to get attention. And which sounds more like projecting, considering it sounds quite interesting, doesn't it? Mm. Um, and I replied, okay. What if I told you that I've tried yoga before, didn't like it, but have lots of people suggesting it? And when I hear someone suggest yoga to me, I feel annoyed because it's all everyone ever suggests or recommends. Would this change your opinion why I react so strongly to it? And in this situation, my, you know, let's say aggressive, rude behavior, I don't know, was considered attention seeking, but because I knew my thoughts on it, I could determine it as avoidance, I didn't want to talk about yoga for the millionth time, uh, and this always gets me thinking: like, how many times has behavior been analyzed incorrectly because we are missing that information that co- covert thoughts, covert behavior provides? Mm. You know, I'm sure it's all the time, and I think also people, people, especially
1: with the with the you know the population we work with, people assume or project their own thoughts or feelings, or yeah. behavior, yeah. Too, for that matter, on, on our clients, yeah. you know, for various reasons, Yeah. so, yeah, I think it happens everywhere, I think that people are misinterpreting, and it's often people think that, like, you know, kids that are naughty always want attention, I'm like, I don't think so, you know, maybe, but maybe not, I mean, yeah. I'll, I, I have an example, so, I have anxiety, and I've always had it, and I didn't know what it was because I just thought this was who who I was, like how I reacted. And, you know, sometimes I'm able to hide it really well, so people don't know that I'll have it, okay, because I don't project my thoughts into my behavior. So, you know, the covert Mm. (laughs) thoughts or um, behaviors that are happening inside are the ones that no one can see. Um, is that the right way around? Covert's the one that people can see? Yes. And
0: the overt... No, covert... No, no, no. It's because it's a bit French, isn't it? Covert is covered. Okay, okay. And overt is open. It's because it's the French kind of, I think. Okay. No, I I think I'm right then. So because the covert thoughts no
1: one can see, they think that everything's fine. But actually, because I'm hiding it, you know, I'm exuding confidence in my overt behavior. People don't know what is happening and why that I might be experiencing that. So, you know, if you're able to do this, you may struggle in a lot of situations, but people might not know that you're struggling. So you learn to hide your feelings and your thoughts um, for various reasons, but I think there is something in that. And um, I'm sure people would misinterpret my reactions to a lot of things, um, because they would be like, but you
0: don't look anxious, you know. Um, But it's what they call projecting, isn't it, psychologists? call it yeah pro- uh, you know they you know it's that you you project what you feel like even with text messages and stuff oh. like you project what you feel exactly
1: okay thanks yeah. Carla did you want to add anything else there no I'm good thank you cool. if you could carry on thank you absolutely okay so I'm going to talk about where and when so where and when do we see covert and overt behaviors so both covert and overt behaviors happen all the time and everywhere. There's no set place they happen and don't happen. And anything can really trigger actions and thoughts. You know, things we see around us, things we remember, smells or sounds, um, locations sometimes. You know, in ABA, we say that behavior doesn't come from air. And that's true. But people think that we should consider that thoughts can also cause behavior, which I think is a valid point. We've all heard the expression train of thought. And we've all experienced remembering an event because something else triggered it. Um, So we can talk about a a flower we saw and the other person listening to us can then think of a memory associated with flowers. And it can be positive or negative. Um, And that is also associated with something else and so on. You know, these kind of things remind us um, of different things and change the way we're thinking inside, which might change our behavior. It might not. Um, But this train of thought can also be put um, to us in, in a good or bad mood for, you know, I mean, I definitely have that something will trigger a memory and then I'll feel grumpy about something, you know, and then the behavior gets influenced because now I'm grumpy. So, you know, that all these things have an impact on us um, and others. And we also know that in ABA, we don't use terminology such as good or bad mood, as I've just said, <laughs> because it's hard to measure. And it's not an accurate definition. So what's good for me is different from what's good for Carla and what's good for someone else. And what's bad for Carla is different from what's bad for me. So it has to be defined quite well for the individual or the population we're working with. Um, but there are also terms that the majority of people will understand. So That's why sometimes we use it in layman's terms, but we might not necessarily use it when writing a behavior plan or a protocol of how to teach. We shouldn't also ignore yeah. how these thoughts can influence our behavior. You know, just because a person's not able to communicate their emotions and their mood doesn't mean that they don't have feelings or that they're not occurring or that they're not influencing their behavior. So we've got to be very careful about these, these the way that we think. Also, as Carla mentioned earlier, our projection on others. And I think the projection is a great one because it's often how, you know, people do that to animals. And I'm not saying animals don't have feelings mm. because I adore animals more than people most of the time. But... People people (laughs) will say, oh, the dog's sad. And I'm like, but you don't know how the dog feels. Because the dog looks sad to you doesn't mean the dog is necessarily sad. He could be, but I don't want to make that assumption. So, yeah, these things we just need to be very careful about. And I think as humans we like to do that because that's how we relate to animals through our emotions and how they make us feel. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, anyway. So, you know, we want you to think about your behavior when you're trying to fall asleep. You know, you're lying in bed, the room is dark, the bed feels comfortable, and you, you know, you're, you've got your to do list for tomorrow it pops up in your mind. You're like, oh no, okay. That thought alone can trigger other thoughts and memories and anxiety. <laughs> and slowly, you know, <laughs> the sleep seems to escape you. It can, some people don't. Um, but what prompted this? You know, it wasn't anything around you, it's just a thought. And that thought influences behavior or not being able to sleep, which is also, you know, that alertness and starting to think and the mind racing. So what happens between remembering your to-do list and losing sleep? You think about the actions you need to do, okay, the behaviors you need to perform, you know, to do your tasks. Mm -hmm. You think about the level of difficulty that those actions require. And then that alone can also be quite demanding. And it just, it spills on from that. So, you know, these things do influence our behavior. So we can't, we can't, I don't think there's any denying that. I think it's the issue of measuring that.
0: Yeah. And how
1: people, because in a, yes, go for it, Connor.
0: I was just going to say, because in ABA, we're taught, I remember when we worked in a school and we were taught, uh, you know, the environment prompts behavior, which is true. The environment prompts a lot of behavior. But in that situation, when the environment, when it's like, you know, a complete darkness and nothing else your thoughts prompted behavior mm. and you know whether you consider thoughts to be behavior or not there wasn't something in the environment that prompted it because there's also a brain working exactly with neurons and with triggers so yeah so that's why it's so important not to discard the, you know, the, those prompts, those Absolutely. brain prompts, actually. Absolutely. They're not environmental. Yeah. yeah
1: And also, let's not forget that, you know, these kinds of things, and then the lack of sleep can also impact mm-hmm. your next day's behavior because of the thoughts. So, it, mm-hmm. you know, it spills on and on and on. Um, yeah. Personally, Carl and I think that thoughts and behaviors are connected, Mo- mostly because we try to analyze our own behavior and thoughts quite a lot. And we talk, like before we, we yeah. recorded today, we were talking about. That specifically, and um, you know, just because we can help someone change their behaviour, doesn't mean we can necessarily think that we've changed their thoughts or their feelings. You know, to change the latter, you need to have a different skill set and procedures and different ways to measure. Um, so yeah, something to, it's food for thought, I think. colour.
0: Yeah, I agree. You um, know? Thank you. Any anything else you want to add on? Your no, I'm okay. You? Thanks. Oh, thank you. That was brilliant. um so, now the how, you know, how do we identify what's covert and what's overt behavior? And like Lauren says, sometimes terminology can be weird. I think it's because of, because it's a French word. So, they say, covert mm-hmm. and overt. I know this is not the right accent. And when my sister listens to this episode, she, I'm sure she's going to tell me off for, uh, you know, for doing a very disgusting pers- pronunciation. <laughs> okay, how do you say? I know, I know. Like, it's. Overt and covert. Or there we whatever. go, that's good. That's exactly how they <laughs> sound. Is it? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so, sorry, a little bit of xenophobia happening here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, overt behavior, it's easier. It can. It's out in the open. So, it can be seen, observed, measured. Covert, think about covered. Covert, co- covert behavior is so much harder. So so overt behavior is where behavior analysts are very comfortable as they are able to observe and determine a function or a reason behind the behavior. And this, this way, they may be able to help that person find another way to get their needs met without having to do it in an appropriate way. So many, many years ago, and this is a very 90s kind of example, there was this episode of a TV show called Malcolm in the Middle. 90s, early 2000s, I can't remember. I, for me, everything's 90s, so sorry. So Malcolm is this boy genius, but to get out of dance class, he started <laughs> seeing the school therapist. I know. <laughs> sorry, I'm just remembering. I think I've seen a few episodes, but I'm not a big fan. I know you are. I know I love Malcolm yeah. in the Middle, and um, I'm I'm slowly I when whilst I'm doing the house stuff, you know the the plastering whatever, yes. I <laughs> I I put the episode on the background, so I'm doing my plastering and I'm listening to Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> it's either that or Friends. Those are the two I alternate um between. Okay, so so Malcolm went to the school type therapist, and he would read all the psychology books. And he was able to fake having anxiety and other issues. And, you know, I'm sure psychologists have tools that, you know, allow them to see when someone's faking it. You know, they—they, I'm sure they have contingency measures. I should ask one of my many psychologist friends. (laughs) And at the end of the episode, uh, the school therapist is actually able to bring up a real issue that Malcolm was dealing with and he didn't even realize he was. Um, However, we can't say... This scenario is impossible like it can be really hard to tell when someone's lying and you know Just look at people who scam There's like the tinder swindler. Yeah, look at that. I mean, I mean you know, there's a book that I read and I found it very interesting and I've been buying it for people. Like I got it for my dad. I got it for this girl I used to tutor, um, which is called The Psychopath Test mm-hmm. by John Ronson. He's a British journalism journalist and it touches a bit of this area of diagnosing people with a mental disease uh, when they might not have it. Yeah, you know? And it can happen. Mm-hmm. It can definitely happen.
1: I think the, the scamming, there's also loads of podcasts, you know, like Dirty John, so Dirty
0: John's that oh, series, but there oh, is a yeah. podcast I also. I haven't listened to it yet. It's very I good. I enjoyed it me. a lot. And You told me last time. Yeah, yeah. and um,
1: who, who the hell is Hamish? Hamish, sorry, who the hell is Hamish, hard to say. I've heard of that, yeah. yeah. that's the Australian podcast, and the guy who, I'm sure it's done by, there's a, he's an amazing journalist, Australian, I like his voice, Hedley hey. Thomas. Mm. and um, mm. you're just listening to Hedley speak. You just like you want to listen to more and more of what he's saying. And I think that he, I'm sure he hosted the podcast. Yeah, who the hell is him? It's an
0: Australian, the newspaper Australian hosted podcast. Very good. Some people are very good speakers, aren't mm. they? I mean, either you agree or disagree with Dr. Vincent Carbone when he came to do a lecture. Oh, I just wow. like listening to him yes. because he's... He's very, remember, because he's very good at, you know, explaining things in a fluid manner is a very captivating He is. He's almost hypnotic,
1: like, in a good way. Yeah, I know. know. You don't know you sat there for six hours at his course. You're just so absorbed.
0: And we were. We were there the whole day, Mm. and I wasn't bored at any point. It was really
1: good. Mm. Amazing. So, also, to talk about, you know, psychopaths and lying and, you know, faking a uh, mental illness or whatever, but there is, I, in my psychology honours you, um, I'm such a geek and Carla relate to this, I, um, mm-hmm. I didn't choose malingering, so I'll explain malingering in a bit, but there was a malingering course, but because I'd already chosen all the other like modules, I couldn't choose it. But I went to the lecturer and I said, look, do you mind if I come on your field trip? Because they were going to like a mental institution to go and and talk to your psychologists and the psychiatrists and the nurses and everybody there. And it's very famous. The area that I went to university in, Rhodes University, has um, this mental hospital in the town. And it's a very renowned Mm. one. Um, So anyway, so I said, please, can I come? And he said, absolutely. And they were assessing people for malingering. And basically malingering, I think I've got, I think I did the definition even, yeah, basically when you fake um, a mental illness, okay, to get out of serving time or to mm. get out of things. So some people also might pretend to be injured so they can collect an insurance settlement or they mm-hmm. may exaggerate their mental health symptoms to avoid criminal connect- um, convictions, But it's also Mm -hmm. very interesting to think that some people are able to do such things and also be aware of that. Um, And there's also a film which demonstrates some of this stuff quite well. It's called Primal Fear. It's a film with Richard Gere. Um, But I won't tell you too much about it because it's got a really good twist. But you have to watch it, and it's very good. From if you if you want to understand psychology, you know how the mind works, or the topics we've been talking about, how you can you know your behaviors, what you're displaying, what you're thinking. it's very, very good. I need good. to
0: watch it again because Excellent. I watched it when I was young. Yeah, it's and old. I haven't. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. It's got I Richard, need to watch Richard it Richard Gere
1: and Edward Norton. And he, Edward Norton's oh. a
0: phenomenal. Honestly. So now I can I be love quiet. Gere. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Anything with Richard Gere, please. Um, <laughs> so our point being, uh, you know, with all this is that covert behaviors or private events are harder to use because only the person having them knows if they're real or not. Um, and even then, you know, some people think they have they have feelings and they're not, and they're just not real or they have to. Oh, anyway, that's a whole other topic. Uh, but maybe in the future we will be able to measure them, like you know, brain scans that lit up if someone lies, and maybe that exists now. Maybe I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't they know. Might I'm not. I'm not. i am not share that with us. I I'm. Know. I'm not. I'm not updated with the technology. But even if there is, if this exists behavior, so the way uh-huh. ABA professionals attempt to understand covert behavior with their clients, you know, is by using things like interviews, preference assessments, providing choice, etc. We do try to fill that gap as much as possible, but it can be hard. It's not hundred percent. hundred percent assurance method you know yeah
1: i think yeah it is it's just it is just really tricky and i think Mm -hmm. that's tricky even if people can describe things very well and how they feel because again Mm -hmm. we might be misinterpreting it because of our own thoughts anyway it's very interesting and it it can become very convoluted and you know why why would we want to understand the difference between covert and overt behaviors okay I think it's important to understand the difference between these two types because it will affect how we react to others' behaviors. You know, um, we can. what can happen also quite a lot is that people will associate certain behaviors with emotions and feelings and make assumptions about that. I think similar things can be said for, in Mm -hmm. ABA, our use of terms like consequences and punishment. People assume or they have thoughts and feelings attached um, about what that word actually means. So whenever I use the term, I explain how Skinner would mean it, and if you look at the definitions, you would see the difference. But it's just interesting because I think our thoughts and experiences and emotions do influence um the words words we hear and that kind of thing. But you know here's a situation. so um Carl and I do come across quite regularly we, you know we go to clients' schools and their homes, and we could ask, why do you think that that this this person, he or she, doesn't like to sit at the table?" They
0: don't have the cognitive ability or, you know. They, or that they don't yeah. have the right, to, you, know, they, they, you know, they're worried about something.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, how do we know? Have they said that they feel anxious? Or, you know, what does the behavior of anx- anxiety look like, like I spoke about earlier? No. But we also, you know, we also get told that because he or she gets distressed during class that the, assos- the, the assumption is that, that they're anxious you know, because they're doing work, but, you know, these associated behaviors, they call distressed or anxiety, without having any way of confirming that it might be anxiety or just being distressed, you know, and potentially, yes, you know, school might also make a person feel anxious, but it's also equally true that they, you know, they're using their behavior to escape doing work, or they don't like the chair they're sitting in, or they don't like the person they're sitting next to because they're too noisy, you know, so they might do this um, for other reasons. Yeah. Okay, to escape a situation or escape a work task, a school task. Yeah. Or that the work's too difficult. Okay, so so the student displays problem behavior so that the work is removed. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, If they say it's too hard, they're like, no, 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 try. And then the child hits someone to get, and then the work gets taken away. What is the child going to do in the future? (laughs) Um, So they might avoid it because it's too difficult. And avoidance behaviors we all can relate to, we all do it. Okay, I did it this morning. Well, yeah, and (laughs) did you?
0: Uh, Yeah, (laughs) supposed to do exercise, and I was like, I'm too tired. I can't. Oh, don't. Who needs it? Um, We'll just buy an extra large (laughs) coffee. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, dark humor, dark inappropriate humor. But um, yeah, but 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 if you're a neurotypical child and you're in school and you start having behavior because you know. They then they won't say oh you're anxious about work. They're just say mm, you're exactly. you're naughty or you're bad or you don't know how to behave and you're attention seeking. Yeah, so like what, if you're neurotypical, it's a very different approach than SEND mm. children because what SEN is oh, they're they're anxious. We need we need to calm them down and we can't put any demands exactly, on them. Yeah. And if they're neurotypical, do more, do more, do this, do that, and it's like okay, do you not I see?
1: It's the same with when we have verbal and nonverbal children. Mm-hmm. I think the verbal children seem to get away with quite a lot because they can, you know, can yeah. talk to you and, yeah. you know, that yeah. behavior of distracting yeah. is more fluent. Yeah. Whereas the children that are nonverbal don't get that option because they can't talk to you and placate you, basically. Exactly. So I do think it even happens in the SEN world. It does. You know, it really
0: does. Yeah. There's, there's a division.
1: Um, and, and children that are verbal often use it. Like I used to come into a room and, and a child was had a no program or a transition program from moving from technology to something else. Yeah. And the kid would still be chatting to the teacher. I'm like, why are we still at the table or at the
0: computer? He
1: needs to move on. She yeah. Me to
0: talk to I was like, no, 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 That's avoidance. It's time now to it's move avoidance. on. <laughs> I remember once no. we – I was – it was years ago. We had a new pupil come in and he was very vocal. And I just sit, like, he was with his tutor, and I, he was very new. And I just sit to say, hi, how are you? And he turns to me, go away, I don't want you here. And I said, well, yeah. sorry, but no, like, I actually came here, so I'm just going to stay here for a while. And I was just chatting to the tutor and chatting to him. And I said, okay, cool, I'm finished. Uh, do you want to have some alone time with your tutor? Yes, I want some alone time with my tutor. Oh, okay, cool, I'll talk to you later then. Um but the tutor was looking at me like with a face of, go away, go away. I'm like, I'm not going to go away. Just because he said, I want you to go away, mm. doesn't mean I have to. Like, mm. sorry, I just you said You could say, oh, that's really nice asking, but I'm just chatting to your teacher now. Your yeah, teacher now. but he was so, you, you know, know, and he's so used to using that abruptiveness of exactly, go away. It's yeah. like, no, you can just say, look, I don't want to talk to anyone at the moment, or I want to be with, like, he, does, he didn't know that language. He had to be taught that language. Mm. But, mm. you know, but when pe- when send kids are more vocal, and the more is, I think, more is expected of them. So when they're out and about, in the community, mm. if they talk to people like that, it can be quite damaging for them because then they get yeah. ignored or people don't want to play with them. And it, but they, yeah, you know. they also
1: teach communication, they don't teach tolerance, like they don't teach yeah. like
0: that, like they exactly. don't teach them to tolerate exactly. like,
1: or accept, That's a an e- issue. You can't just teach communication and expect everything else to just fall magically
0: into place. I mean, we, I, we've you know. worked with people we didn't want to be working with, so... Oh, you
1: know. Still, <laughs> so you know. Um, you know oh but we can't ignore the possibility of anxiety. You know, yeah. But in ABA, as we mentioned, it's harder to to work with what we can't see, because we're also very much um, focused on defining things that are observable. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, you know, this when ABA, could, this is where ABA could benefit. From contributing with psychologists yeah know, and I agree. intervention that could support the person as best as possible because then we really understand where the thoughts are coming from or how the thoughts are being formed and we could help with the behavior end of it you know these collaborations already exist but i think that they maybe need to happen more frequently and more fruitfully for
0: our clients not for only just for our fields you know you know like we when we did when i did the eight hour supervisor course on the you know the autism partnership website and there's a section there on the course about the collaborations and also what I've been gathering is in the past there used to be a lot of collaborations and now it's become less to the point where it's quite divided and we feel that in the UK like when we you know if we go to the school and they can be quite um, separated and hostile sometimes from both ends uh, and I think yeah I think the collaboration is is quite an important one i think you're i think yes i think we need to work better on you know i've learned i've learned to become more flexible of accepting that you know different people will do different things and to be yeah. and that's not certainly bad because you can you need to teach no, it's you need, amazing. yeah because you need to teach kids or people that there are different ways of doing things and you know and there's the various ways of being right there's not just one way um exactly. So, you know, and you can't control everyone all the time. So, what why would you want to try cuz it's useless. How exhausting. I know. Oh, isn't it? It makes uh-huh. your brain hurt.
1: Anyway, uh-huh.
0: anything else to add? No, that's me. Thank you. Well, I just wanted to say to finish off like the the thing with our field, not just ABA, like the human mind and the human behavior. Uh, Well, our field is more behavior, but you know, we do are we are interested in the mind as well Like we we do realize that there's an immense world of things to learn about even well just in ABA, isn't it? And you know, I really Mm -hmm. like debating these topics with other professionals because Even if we don't agree on the technicalities, like we just said about, you know, psychologists don't think thoughts are behavior So the more we learn read experience talk discuss, you know, the better equipped we are to help others isn't it? Don't you agree? Yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, I think that, you know, learning and adapting is something that can be celebrated. You know, it's not, aren't, you know, aren't we lucky that we have the willpower and the means to be able to explore yeah. and learn? You yeah. know, internet. This wasn't a possibility in many other generations. So, I think we need to keep moving forward and learning what best suits our clients and ourselves. The more we are aware of our own behaviors, you know, and how they are influenced by others and our environments and our thoughts, the more powerful we, we will be at adapting and evo- evolving into more holistic and strong people or maybe better therapists or better service providers. I don't know how to 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 frame it, but I think there's a lot in
0: that. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Hmm. All right, guys, I think that was our episode. Uh, hope you liked it. Uh, so we'll be back in June with our guest. We're going to have a guest in June. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll put the links and suggestions, like we'll put the article we mentioned on our blurb, uh, we've mentioned that.
1: Yeah, cool. So guys, as Carla mentioned earlier, please feel free to email us on aba.owls.uk at gmail.com, or you can message us on Instagram, it's at aba underscore owls. If you have anything particular, you know, that you would like us to talk about, or a topic you'd like us to address, We would really, really love
0: to hear from you, so please do get hold of us. Yeah, and uh, Hood Chronicles will be out in two weeks' time, so on the 16th of May, and the next Owls will be out on Monday, the 6th of June. And if you do have a moment, please rate, like, and subscribe to us. We have heard that, you know, through the rumor mill, that it does help get more listeners. We don't know how, but apparently it does, uh, because we don't understand all that CEO or COE or whatever. Or <laughs> algorithms. Yeah. Uh, we just, you know, go with it. Um, we are Chirping with ABA Owls on iTunes and on Instagram and Facebook. And thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. 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 Um,
1: Sorry, do you want me to add my bit now? We got lost on podcasts.
0: <laughs> oh no, that that's fine. Like I, I, I still have a, 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 something to add. No, but if you wanna, Do you want to have? Yeah. Oh no! So, oh no! Sorry, mine know,
1: fits in here. Sorry, Carla, I've been confusing. There we go. Sorry, don't worry. So go. I'll I'll edit it. Yeah. Sorry, guys.